Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Want to do what's best for the team. Obviously, you know, Mitch has been there for several years and uh, knows this offense really well, the Chicago version. And, you know, but I'll be, you know, competing, but it'll be a healthy competition. You know, we're... You know, we've, Mitch and I have already talked, and, you know, we, we want to start out on the right foot because ultimately it's about the Chicago Bears. It's not about the ego of the quarterbacks. Um, and I think that gets, you know, the quarterback competition becomes such a big thing in the NFL, which, you know, it is. Quarterback's an important position, but ultimately we have to do what's best for the Chicago Bears. So having a healthy quarterback room will be a big part of that. Um, but him and I were able to start out on the right foot with our discussions and uh, ultimately it's just going in there and doing our jobs and supporting each other. And, uh, you know, the guy who can lead the team will lead the team. And, uh, no matter who that is, like if it's Mitch, I'm going to be there to support Mitch. And I know that if it's me, Mitch will be there to, to support me. I mean, if you want to know, it was, uh, it was here and, and Atlanta and it was very tough. You know, my agent was just relaying some messages and, and I, I really couldn't make up my mind, so I had to do the honest way. <laughs> were, the bed, were the Bears heads or tails? Uh, they was on the right side. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will um, with minimal damage that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing and... I have a few tips for everybody, you know, you know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. The Wake and Bake Club coming to you from 11 to 2 today. I'm Steve Rosenblum. And over there, somewhere in Lori Lightfoot country, is Mark Grody. And I expect that many of Mark Grody's videos from now on will include some kind of photoshopping of Mayor Lightfoot in there because she's watching to make sure you're staying in place. Hi, Mark. Mayor Lightfoot. Yes, um, please stay in place. And I am. <laughs> you can find me in one of the villes of Chicago. There's, you know, there's Wrigleyville's, there's Streeterville's, there's all sorts of villes. So I will just say that I'm in a ville of Chicago on kind of a gloomy day. The, the fog is here again. I cannot see the top of the Hancock building as it stands right now, but uh, that, that seems to be about par for the course. And I'm also looking over, one of the most fascinating things throughout this time is to look over Lakeshore Drive 
and to see the lack of traffic. I mean, I'm so used to seeing bumper to bumper on Lake on Lakeshore Drive or being a participant in bumper to bumper traffic on Lakeshore Drive, and it's just it's just not there. It's it's amazing. Like it's there's a there's honestly, Steve, a certain beauty in a city as large as Chicago to see it just being still. It's just this big, giant, beautiful thing that that's not moving right now. Nobody wants to get called into Mayor Lightfoot's office, so I think that explains the fact that we're all <laughs> we're all playing by her rules. She was on the score this week. You have you need to go back and find it. We will try to bring some of it back today, but she's she's got a potty mouth on her. She uh, will will stand for no Saturday suckage, as it turns out, from the Bears, and it was quite a wide ranging sports talk with our mayor. And let's talk about the um, <clears throat> the object of Mayor Lightfoot's potty mouth, the Bears, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, all the quarterbacks, all my quarterbacks, I guess that's what we'll call this soap opera. And they showed up yesterday. Ryan Pace came out of hiding. Nagy came out to tell you the truth. It's in there somewhere. And Nick Foles came out to render to give you some information about how he he placed a phone call so mark you were you were there every step of the phone calls way share with the class what happened and what you got out of this well yeah i mean i I think it's all it's first of all i think it's important to point out for whatever it's worth to people that matt Nagy and ryan pace or ryan pace was the first to speak and he didn't mess around he didn't mess around he came right out discussing the quarterback situation the the quarterback competition that will exist matt Nagy was the same so to their credit before any questions were asked by reporters the assembled telephone reporters they came out and said, yep, here it is. It is a straight-up competition. They did not leave it to us to ask questions. Obviously, there were many questions that still had to be asked, but um, it's competition. Yes, Mitchell Trubisky will be the man who gets the ball first when there is hopefully training camp in Lake Forest. He'll be the first person taking the ball from Cody Whitehair at center, but that just is sort of a courtesy at this point. I do believe it's going to be a 50-50 conversation. Now, I believe the most important thing that I heard in that entire press conference, because it has swayed my opinion to some degree, and this was all about this one other preface. This entire press conference was so important well, the, the pace naggy portion of it, because we've all just been guessing about quarterback. And it, it's been 50-50, like, every, like in terms of Foles people and Mitchell Trubisky's uh, people, um, like the actual credible opinions I feel have been amazingly split. And the reason is, is because we have not heard anything and we know that football bosses are not going to come right out and tell you, but there are things that you can read between the lines with. And I'll, let's hear from Matt Nagy right now. And this, I thought, was the most important read-between-the-lines statement that was made. Here's Matt Nagy. What we're trying to do is what's best for the Chicago Bears, plain and simple. That, that, that's what it comes down to. And so, like I was saying, Ron and I have had great talks with both of them. What's important and what you all are going to find out in this process is going to be real simple. It's going to be very transparent and very honest. And and so uh, what I thought was really neat when we just talked to Mitch, which which was which is uh, speaks to who he is, is you could feel how much of a competitor, and you, you you know it, and you see it. He's a competitor now. He's embracing it and excited to get back back to work. Um, you know, with that said, part of the conversation that that you know we discussed too was understanding here the the big picture. Is I know that Mitch is, Mitch gets a lot of this, but you know we could have been a lot better coaching. Uh, schematically, and I could have been a better head coach, and and then we can we all as we all know, you know, we can always be better players around them as well. So that's a focus there. Uh, but but Mitch has Mitch is uh, really embracing it. He's had an unbelievable um, uh, personality throughout it. He understands it. All he wants to do is be the best quarterback he can be for the Chicago Bears, and, and that's what he's going to do as we move on here. Nick, the same thing. You know, I have a history with Nick. I know who he is as a person. Um, he's been great as well. Uh, he's a special person, and, and Ryan and I looked into that, knowing that uh, when 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 this went down, and 
And I think that that's very important that we don't lose sight of that as we go through this this competition. Uh, he's been in this position before, and he's handled it uh, great. You know, I, I personally went through it with him in, in Kansas City. A little different, but but I know obviously who he is. Um, it's going to be a process evaluated over time, and it, it, like Ryan said, it's a collaboration of, of Ryan, some of, some of the guys on his staff, myself, and then along with Bill Lazor, Dave Ragone, John DiFilippo. And those guys all have extensive background with quarterbacks, and we're looking forward to that. You know, we're not there yet. Uh, you guys will have questions, but we'll, we'll have a great plan on how to evaluate it. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately what it really comes down to is, is winning, scoring points, you know, physical and mental toughness. As Bears head coach Matt Nagy and Steve, that entire message, as far as I'm concerned, was directed towards and a rough draft of what was said to Mitchell Trubisky because, you know what, Nick Foles understands all of that. He, he has had to compete for jobs in the past. He has been through the wars. Uh, Mitch has not had to yet compete for a job yet. He said that there's going to be transparency, as in there's going to be some hard truths that are going to come out. They're going to be honest, and it's not just Mitch's job. And to me, this has swayed me a little bit because I had said and have been saying steadfastly without having heard from the powers that be that the quarterback would be to start the season Mitchell Trubisky, and it's still a possibility that that's the case. But the tone that I heard in yesterday's press conference that this is probably Nick Foles's job and that they are kind of gently telling Mitch, just be ready, man. We're going to be honest here, and the, and the truth may hurt a little bit. So I don't know what you heard, Steve, but that that's what I got out of it. I heard Matt Nagy name Nick Foles the starting quarterback. That's, that's what I heard. And it's a simple math. If you're going to be transparent about it, let's be transparent about it. Because he also added at the end, he added that he needed to see it will also be about command and leadership with some other things. So let's go down the scorecard. Ultimately, what it comes down to is winning. Well, Mitch doesn't really win. Scoring points. No, I'm sorry. The Bears don't score points. They were 29th in scoring last season. Physical and mental toughness. Well, I don't know. Both guys get hurt. Mental toughness and command and leadership. Nick Foles seems to have shut him out, or it's five zero one one. There's a tie there when it when it talks to when you talk about physical toughness, because you have a coach telling you that the quarterback, uh, Mitch Trubisky, needs to be a master of all coverages, which tells mm-hmm. you he's not there yet. He's not close. He's not. Everything Matt Nagy said, and, and you can connect all the dots and say that Nick Foles, health permitting, is your starting quarterback. I mean, again, the Bears were 29th last season, averaging 17.5 points per game. They were 31st in yards per play. They were 27th in first down. And Mitch Trubisky was worse. He was 32nd in yards per attempt, 6.1. He was 32nd in yards per completion at 9.6. His TD percentage was 30th. His passer rating was 28th. It doesn't sound like a guy who should be your number one quarterback. Another part to this, too, and I I agree with what you just said, Steve. Another part to this, too, is that this will be the first time that, again, assuming there is a normal training camp, that... It will not just be Trubisky's job going into it. I mean, he had such a comfortable quarterback room in the past with Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray. That is non-existent now. So, so training camp will be something to watch. And I do believe, I, I do believe the, that Ryan Pace, when he says, and when Matt Nagy says that these guys are both going to get reps, that it will be a real competition. Because still, let, let's face it, in the back of, in their hearts, in their minds. The hope, obviously, would be that that Mitchell Trubisky was successful, that Mitchell Trubisky could turn the corner and be the starting quarterback. That looks good on everybody's resume. Obviously, for Ryan Pace's sake and for Matt Nagy, because he is the coach that would have or will have gotten Mitchell Trubisky good. So that that helps everybody. So it's going to be 50-50. Even though I think it's Foles right now, it doesn't mean that Mitch is not going to get every opportunity. And the key part here is that they came out and said it, 
that it's I'm and I'm surprised I'm not necessarily surprised that they're doing it but uh, the fact that the Bears are being really transparent about it surprised me a little bit in that they are going to play in the preseason games that means they are going to max out this competition to where Yes, Trubisky will play in the preseason. Nick Foles will play in the preseason. And we're not just talking about one series or one snap or even one game. Something tells me that it will be a traditional preseason where they do things like they used to do them, as in play a half, a quarter, a half or so in the first two games. And then the third preseason game is for real. So that that is going to change the equation drastically this year for the Bears. I think that they, if you want to... If you wanted to rig the competition and and cater and tailor your practices that way, make the defense, make the quarterbacks guess more, you could do it to make sure that Mitch doesn't look as good. If you're the coach, if you're the coach and you know that Mitch can't read defenses, that he can't adjust, he doesn't know what he's looking at after all this time. NFL teams have told you that. Your, your own coach, the head coach of the Bears has told you that, and he believes that Foles is better at this, then you make sure that your defense is playing, is playing closer to we're going to keep it secret than at any other time in any other training camp. We're not playing seven on seven. Everybody's just in shorts, and it's just we're just playing catch. This That would really show you what, Nick Foles knows and how he can adapt compared to what Mitch Trubisky doesn't know and how he cannot adapt. So at training camp last year, what did you see of Mitch? How how difficult do you think things were made on him as the offense was trying, as they were trying to get him to be the best possible quarterback, run every page of Matt Nagy's playbook that he could manage? Well, as you may recall, it was not a great training camp for Trubisky last year, and that was, and one of the excuses was, and I'm complicit because I, I pointed it out on several occasions that the Bears' defense looked looked like it was back to being elite again, or carryover, I should say, not back to being elite, continuing to be elite, like yeah. it was in 2018. And the Bears defense was just kind of messing with the offense. Like it just looked like the defense was years ahead of the offense. So that was the overriding theme, not just from me, but I felt like there that that murmur existed from the entire Bears media core that that oh the defense is just so far ahead of the offense and man there's nothing. To, I mean you, you shouldn't expect you know any offense to be able to do anything against this elite defense. So to sum it up, it was not a good training camp last year for the Bears offense, nor was it for for Mitchell Trubisky. So you know, hopefully that'll that hopefully the defense will put forth the same foot that they did last year, and it'll be the same thing, and and they can actually derive you know conclusions from what they're seeing in training camp as opposed to just guessing because training camp is really difficult. It's really difficult to to evaluate from a reporter perspective because you don't know what they're implementing that is real. Because I remember Matt Nagy also saying that look, we're doing everything on offense right now. We are doing stuff that we're not going to do during the regular season. We're throwing tons of stuff at Mitchell Trubisky. That's one change. I don't think they're going to throw tons of stuff at him necessarily. Um, and I don't think they're going to be able to throw tons of stuff at Nick Foles. And I get it. Foles is smart. Foles knows the offense, but he doesn't know this version of the offense. It's not like he's just going to walk in and know every intricacy of what the Bears are trying to do. So it'll be interesting to see what Matt Nagy does in terms of toning things down. And I think that he he has learned that he has to do that. Well, the, the thing about practice being more important and why he didn't want him to play in the games is not much gets done in the games because you're play, you're seeing a lot of vanilla defenses. They just want guys to go out there and maybe break a sweat and get them off the field if they're going to let them on there at all. And now you're ask you're going to count. The Bears are going to look at what happens in a preseason game where you're not really playing against anybody game planning to stop you other than maybe the third game. I don't know that so many coaches are like Nagy that they or Nagy previously was they don't want their guys to get hurt and I understand that health health is the 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 greatest ability is availability and you you can't play if you're hurt so so I don't even know what you might see in the third preseason game that was that's why I brought up the point about practices is you have to make them the Bears Nagy Pagano have to make them all tougher they have to make them as difficult as possible on both quarterbacks 
and then I think you'll see the greater disparity in what each of them knows, and that's where Nick Foles wins this thing. I don't think you're going to see it in, in practice games, the exhibition games, because no team really goes all out. They don't game plan for you. They just, can you, can our guys back up? Can our cornerbacks run backwards and sideways? Can our linebackers run forwards? It's that kind of stuff. Well, you also have a tricky situation because obviously you're not going to have the organized team activities, the OTAs this year. You're not going to have mini camps. You're not, and, and those are all very important in terms of fitness, in terms of seeing where players are, in terms of, um, you know, beginning the process of getting into football shape, which I guess goes on year round with, with athletes and their personal trainers. But how hard are they going to be able to go in training camp or even in those preseason games if they're not in tip top shape? I mean, this is not like the old days where you use the preseason game to get in shape. That's a great way. That's a fantastic way to get injured. So to your point, even though they are, you know, they said they're going to play in the preseason and play more. Um, yeah, you have to be careful. And I, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to mean to these guys. Like, because I think it's based on the individuals. How, what directives are they allowed to get right now in terms of staying in shape? Is there a make good for these OTAs? Are players going to earnestly keep themselves in the kind of shape that they need to be in to start the season? Are they even required to? And and those are all tough answers. And you're really, you're really trusting players to to do it for themselves and I don't know if that's realistic at this point so that that you know the lack of an off-season workout program is might be a game changer as, as far as how hard and how calloused um, as Matt Nagy likes to say how callous they could actually get themselves during training camp and the preseason well not much you're not allowed to hit anybody anymore in football on practice or during the game or anything like that we'll see how if if there's a training camp um this morning, we got news about an hour ago, I guess, that, uh, and it's going on now. The uh, President of the United States is uh, on a phone call with the commissioners of the major sports leagues, right from, from Adam Silver right down to Don Garber of MLS, and supposedly included are Kathy Engelbert of the WNBA, Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball, Roger Goodell of the NFL, Gary Bettman of the NHL, PGA Tours Jay Monahan, Dana White of the UFC, Vince McMahon of the WWE. I'm sorry. I thought this was sports, not entertainment. WWE and NASCAR, John Middlebrook or Jim France. No NCAA involved in this. But we'll see what what may or may not happen, what may or may not be allowed with sports. Presuming there's an NFL season this year, we will will see the Bears. Uh, We heard from somebody yesterday the Bears added to their defense. And the Bears should be better. And the way they added him to the defense, it turns out, tells you just how not special the Bears are. We'll go back and discuss that. And uh, top of the hour, we'll talk with Paul Sullivan of the Tribune. The In the wake of the news columnist, he wrote about Ud Farmer, passed away this week. We'll discuss that. And today he wrote about our friend David Schuster. Um, David Schuster, a former employee of the score, someone I've known for decades, um, terrific professional, uh, was laid off this week as he tweeted out and talked to Sully about that. Um, Sully with uh, a nice allusion to the show in that column where he talked about everything that, um, that David did and that included movie reviews. So we, we appreciate that. <laughs> Well, Saturday second wasn't mentioned. Yes. Um, so the so we'll talk to Sully about that and and Ed Farmer and we welcome your phone calls three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Text us six seven zero one one and seven seven three. Texture points out Vince McMahon owns the XFL. So I, I oh, forgot and, about that. Well, yeah. And so that's this, another this, league this. that's not playing. I, this text from the three one two. Enough with the chit chat. Where's Toby? I Steve, don't know. You and I are, have some. We, we have some WB Club news. 
Oh yes, that. you have some. I have some. We didn't discuss. We, right. we both we talked on the phone before the show. You said you had something. I have something, but we didn't share with each other. So no. I look forward to sharing that. And this officially is the only show on the score ever where people complain when we're talking about sports. That's right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. The yes. Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk about a uh, the newest bear who told you how how special the bears aren't, and uh, we'll and I'll, we'll also talk about how the bears are pretty much pretty much using a description of Mitch Trubisky and a it's a derisive term. It's a useless term and how little it means when they discuss the quarterback who will turn out to be a bridge quarterback that they traded up to get so they could bridge from Mike Lennon to Nick Foles. That's what Mitch Trubisky is going to turn out to be. How Ryan Pace has a job still, we don't know. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. I guess the best way I can, you know, I guess to wrap my brain around it, it was kind of like a, you know, the, the I pick on my college, you know, is, you know, you know, you know who's all out there, the teams out there, you know, where you can potentially go. And uh, I guess you just got to, uh, you know, figure out the pros and cons, you know, talk to your agent and, you know, and, and flip a coin. And, you know, hopefully the, you know, the powers above lead you in the right direction. Flip a coin, buddy. That is New Bears edge rusher Robert Quinn. He was uh, meeting, he was on the conference call yesterday. It was a parade of conference call participants, Pace, Nagy, Foles, Quinn. And he was telling you how he chose the Bears. How he chose the Bears, a, the, the, Seminal franchise in the NFL, the long and glorious history, the illustrious history that George McCaskey loves to wrap himself in and in, a, in, a, in an embrace in which he could self-quarantine with all of the wonderful Bears history and just how wonderful it is to, to wear those colors and wear that uniform and be part of this glorious franchise and the legend that it all is for more than a century. 
and he told you just how special they aren't. He flipped a coin. The Falcons, the Bears. Okay, doesn't matter. He flipped a coin. That's the way he described it. So, Mark, kind of tells you how special the Bears aren't. Somebody flipped a coin, and the Bears won the player, I guess you'd say. I hate ruining a good story because it really is a good story, and and uh, reporters um, kept circling back to it yesterday, and we're doing a good job circling back to it because it needed to be circled back to. Um, but the reason it was circled back to so many times yesterday is because there was always. First of all, I don't buy it. There's no no way he flipped a coin to decide his future in life. There's just no way that happens. Um, and here's why I don't buy it. Every time it came back around, and I was in on every word of that conference call yesterday, he always left a touch of ambiguity over it. There was tone of voice. There was subtlety. There was a wink in his tone of voice. He kept using <laughs> kind of like the powers above. He and one, The final giveaway to me that he didn't actually flip a coin was one of the reporters asked him on, on one of the circle backs to this topic, was it heads or tails? And he would not say heads or tails. He just said the Bears came up on the right side. I think that even Robert Quinn knew it sounded fun to call it a coin flip. Nobody decides their future, uh, except for that one villain from Batman. Nobody decides. His name is Two-Face. Two-Face. Yeah, Two-Face. And the guy, from, right. um, the guy from No Country for Old Men, right? <laughs> so maybe, you don't tales. know, maybe he's a big yeah. fan of that. Uh, I, I will definitely, when I meet Robert Quinn, and hopefully I'll meet Robert Quinn soon, I will ask him about it, like, did you really? Because it was like, I needed a yes. Or, like, you never got, like, the question was well asked by reporters, you know, did you really flip a coin? And he never just said yes. Like, I needed to hear yes. I actually took a quarter and flipped a coin. And it's like he never said that. And he never said yes or no to it. So it was always it was always with caveat. It was always with just a little bit of ambiguity. So although I love the idea of the story, there's no way this guy decided his future in the NFL on a coin flip. No way. Well, that's we're sticking to that story. That's the way hey. it's going to go. We're sticking with it. Okay. He hey. said it. That's really good. And this is no time to take away anybody's fun. We all need good stories right now. So if that does it for you, then that's it. I'm not going to take it away from you anymore. I've said my piece. You know what I think. But if you're on the Stevie Sunshine side of the ledger, then go for it. Have it. There you go. There you go. So, so you heard a lot yesterday. We heard some of it in the... Um, Matt Nagy was talking about it. We certainly heard Ryan Pace. The, the word that has become overused and insulting, actually, um, or not what, it, what, not what they, the Bears think it means, talking about Mitch Trubisky is the word competitor. You heard that a lot yesterday, didn't you, Mark? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. So Ryan Pace said, for example, Mitch is a competitor. When you're built that way, competition brings out the best in you. Matt and I had a discussion with him, and you could feel that in him right away, kind of that, okay, let's go, what's best for the team, and this is going to bring out the best in all of us. The key word is just that he embraced the competition. Well, I don't think anybody who makes the NFL is anything less than a competitor. And I would think if you're looking to make this to be a grand description, a wonderful a wonderful characterization of Mitch Trubisky. You failed miserably because he's a competitor, but he doesn't win. He he couldn't beat out a college quarterback who would go undrafted. A guy wouldn't go couldn't beat him out for two years. He was Mr. Ohio football. He couldn't beat out a guy playing in the XFL. So you can be all the kind of competitor you want. Doesn't mean you're good enough or smart enough. And I think that's where we get back to connecting all the dots. There's nobody playing in the NFL who's not a competitor. I think it's just, it's as much crap as Ryan Pace usually shovels with the whole idea of we're fired up. We have Mike Lennon and we're fired up about that. Fired up and competition and competitor is just, it doesn't mean anything. He's devalued it 
and you can poke holes in what 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 that word really means in this context. It's not whether he's a competitor, it's whether he's good enough or not, and he's not. He hasn't been. And it does it really take when you're when you trade up Mitch Trubisky was the subject of a a much talked about trade. He cost the Bears a lot of draft capital. And the Bears traded up to get him. And he was the second overall pick in the draft. And you really think he needs Nick Foles to come in here to provide competition and light a fire under his backside? Isn't that in it's either insulting or indicting. I'm not sure which, maybe both. But it really, when the Bears use this term competitor and competition, it's just telling you that he's got all the want to in the world. There was nobody described anybody nobody who describes Mr. Trubisky from that building is is going to tell you he doesn't show up early and stay late. He does that. He shows up early, he stays late. And the important stuff doesn't sink in. He's a competitor. He's just not good enough or smart enough or some combination of both. It hasn't translated onto the field the way it has for Deshaun Watson and certainly for Patrick Mahomes. That's what I well, think. Well, I that. think, yeah, and I, I think that they're using all of these words, transparency, competitor, um, gets it. He gets it. Um, he's taking it well it, because they're preparing him. When, when they say, when, when the word transparency is used, that means hard truths honesty is not a good thing necessarily when it comes to the, when they're saying transparency, they're saying, look, um, it, it, Mitch, it's a good, there's a good chance you won't be the starting quarterback this year. And what they are, what, what I think Matt Nagy was trying to convey to the media. And oftentimes when they convey things to the media, they know that the player is listening to, and that was an old trick of Joe Madden's. Joe Madden would hold player, player meetings with the media. <laughs> to get his point across. Yes. And yes. I mean, he did. I mean, Matt. I mean, Joe Madden would tell us. He would say, "Look, this is I'm. I, this is how I have meetings. I, I assume that the players are listening, and when I evaluate them, they'll hear it and they'll understand. They'll read between the lines. And I think that that's what they're asking Mitch to do when they when they see, when they come out strong yesterday, both uh, Nagy and Ryan Pace, and without being prompted, they are telling you there's an open quarterback competition. That's a message." To Mitch, that's not a message to Nick Foles, who's been through it and has never really been comfortable um, or been 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 told. Well, I guess he was last year with Jacksonville, told you're a starter, but he's been through the wars. Mitch has not. Mitch has been allowed to be the starter without with relatively little interference. And now they are saying, buddy, there's going to be transparency. Um, yeah, you're a competitor, but you're going to have to get it that what's going on here is a real competition. And they're and they're telling you, telling us that apparently, apparently, Mitch has taken this well, that that he's okay with it, and that he's a competitor and he's ready to go out and fight for his job, which I want to see and I look forward to it. And quite frankly, I, I'm probably thinking like the Bears, and I think fans should be too. You should hope Mitch Trubisky wins the job because that would mean that that it's justified to have had this guy pick second overall, and everybody wants the homegrown guy to do well. Well, okay. I I just not buying the whole thing. He's yeah. They Mitch Trubisky has no choice but to accept what they're going to do. I mean, what are his choices? What else right. could he do? Hold his breath until he turns blue. Run away from home. What's he going to do? We're bringing this yeah. in. I don't. I I don't know how how this guy needs a wake up call. It doesn't seem like he does. A guy who shows up early and stays late. And he needs. He needs to learn how to learn at the NFL level, and he hasn't done that. That's what the Bears are telling you. Your coaches kind right. of told you. Bears coaches kind of told you this. So um, I, I just I, I think when I hear the word competitor, I just think it's it's a you're trying to it's a it's a load of it's a load of manure. It just doesn't it, the word doesn't mean anything in in that context anymore. I don't think anybody who makes the NFL is anything less than that. Uh, yeah, are you it's, good, it's are funny because there, there's good like, enough or smart enough. Yeah, there, there, there are. It's funny. You're, you're dead on with that because there's what I mean. I, I you and I could probably make a list of. I'm gonna just say like maybe, I'm gonna say 20 athletes in all of our major American sports that truly have that killer competitiveness, um, and the leader on the board. And I, I'm saying present or past. I mean. 
the, the model for that, at least from what we know, is Jordan, right? Is Jordan anything like Trubisky or anybody else who would talk about? No, it's a different level. So that word, you're right, gets thrown around carelessly and frivolously and really is should only be associated in a hyper way, in a level 10 way with certain guys. And yeah, if you're not competitive at some level in your sport, then then you don't belong. So we're, we're, we're hoping, we're going to say hi to our mailman. We know we have a lot of them. Mailman Ron, who's um, lobbying for my ouster here. And um, congrats. Thank you for that. Uh, what? We suck, so you don't have to. We're, but we're, this is really, this coronavirus is hard to overcome. Shelter in place is, is hard to overcome with our suckage. But there are various things related to the, the residual effect of so many things being closed, life changing so differently. Um, somebody tweeted, I saw this on the tweeter machine that um, it's in Arizona and it's a um, adult entertainment club, a strip club called Sugar 44 Cabaret. And the marquee reads, sorry, we're clothed. <laughs> That's just so good. That That's is good. so good. And uh, hopefully this amuses you too. Hank Azaria, you know Hank Azaria, right? Yeah. The voice of I, Mo actually, and I just texted him the other day. Yeah. yeah, Simpsons. Yeah, Mo and Apu. He's also Rockmeyer. He's in the one of, hey, the, one of the kind. Yeah, on the streaming series. And, and had recently, by the way, was doing, it, a la Joe Buck, he was doing play-by-play of making his bed. And Hank Azaria tweeted this out. We're at the point where every line of take me out to the ball game is illegal. You can't take anyone to a ball game. <laughs> you should not go out with the crowd. And for the love of God, don't ask strangers to buy you peanuts and Cracker no. Jacks. You don't know where their hands have been. <laughs> That's just yeah. brilliant. You can't do the I... pass down of the food. The the collected works of humor during the pandemic is something that would be wonderful for history's sake, and we try to bring you this as we go along, and we will continue to do that as we go along um, in the show today. Take a break. Saturday Suckage, the Wake and Bake Club. He's Grody. I'm Rosenblum. Thank you for listening. We're hoping you're making. We hope to make your load a little bit lighter. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. All right, here's the 411, folks. Say some gangster is dissing your fly girl. You just give him one of these. Welcome and welcome back. Rosenblum and Grody Saturday Suckage with some Hank Azaria humor. You never get enough Hank Azaria humor. Um, mailman, mailman Ron says, no, no, don't leave. I'm not leaving. That's what they tell me to. Mailman Nut says, maybe Mitch is the last one to leave Hallis Hall because he can't remember where he parked and is waiting for everyone else to leave. No, that, no, 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 no. That is a thought. And our uh, kudos also go out to, we want to be, we're thankful and happy that gr- former mailman and current Grubhubber Greg checks in. He's listening to us. And thanks for delivering. People gots to eat. Trust me, I know that. People gots to eat. So It's the only uh, thing we're allowed to do right now. You're allowed to go to the grocery store and buy food and go to your local restaurant to pick up food other than that you'll be zapped by the mayor well you could take you could take walks just don't do them on Lori Lightfoot's property but you can you can take walks <laughs> you know keep your social distance proper and and do that uh, and while you are sheltering in place let me present to you this the scores programming for the next couple days tonight at five o'clock. Game four of Cubs-Giants from 2016. Join Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, Joe Ostrowski, pregame, in-game, and post-game commentary on one of the greatest moments in Cubs history, 
This was the we don't want to face Johnny Cueto game. That's what that was, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah, because Johnny Cueto had done a number on the Cubs in game one of that series, this side of Javier Baez. And yeah, they didn't want, I mean, that, that, like I said, like uh, the, the, the feeling that I used to describe most of being the pre and post game guy throughout that run was scary as hell. Cause there were many moments where it looked like the Cubs weren't going to make it. I mean, we know that against San, doing what they had to do with the four run ninth inning in San Francisco, the bats were dead in LA until Addison Russell. And then we know how far behind the, the Cubs fell against Cleveland. So it was scary as hell, to be honest with you. And, and, the the replay you'll hear tonight and the discussion you'll hear tonight will feature seriously one of the greatest moments in Cubs history when Miguel Montero steps to the plate and Mo- Miguel Montero had two hits in a World Series one in the first series one in the last game they couldn't have been bigger it was just they're monumental for a guy who had nine at-bats in a 17-game postseason, we're bringing you all 17 games here on the score. That happens to be tonight. Tonight is um, the fourth game of the, the 17. Miguel Montero, what what a, what a performance. I, how do you get more clutch than that? Do you remember what you felt that moment, what you were thinking? It, it, it was riven. You know, it's funny. The, the sound of a crowd, and it was the same sound when Paul Canerco hit his Grand Slam in the World Series against the, um, the Houston Astros. Um, and it's, it's almost like um, it's so loud that it almost evens itself out. I, I mean, I, I'm doing a horrible job of describing it right now. It's like a deafening tone to it, like because everybody is at the same exact exuberant pitch. And it's almost like a slow motion rocking of the stadium. Like it's it's really hard to describe, but no doubt, um, the the yeah, it was the loudest moment for sure. I mean, a grand slam in any scenario is awesome, but in that spot, as badly as they needed it, and how sure it was off the bat, like that was pretty well a no doubt about it grand slam. So, um, yeah, I, um, you know, if I, if I could sit down and think about the right words to describe it, it would be a whole lot better. But it was it was like no sound I'd ever heard. That sound reminded me of the 91 anthem in the stadium, the all star game anthem a couple of days after Operation Desert Storm. And you had uh-huh. no idea. Wayne Mesmer did not even have to be in the building. The organ started and the place went nuts. And that was such a thunderdome anyways. I equated that, both those moments, to being if you were on the tarmac and a jet and you were standing under a jet that was about to take off. <laughs> that's what that that's that it, it is the, the hum you're talking about is everybody reaching a crescendo. That jet hits that level and you are so numb to it that that you understand from the jet, but when there's 50,000 people doing that, 20,000 people in the stadium, and then and 40,000 people in a, in an outdoor stadium doing that, and you achieve that level, that's a really that's a thing that registers on the Richter scale. Yeah, and you know, crescendo is actually a bad word to use for what happened with you know the Cubs and then with Canerco with with the Baguero and, and Canerco because it's like sponta it's sponta it's at a level 10 right away I mean a crescendo is like a build-up to it like the crescendo exists now with the anthem at at like United Center because there is a build-up to it like people aren't they're at about a five and then they're six and then they're seven they finally kind of get to attend these days um, but yeah that that when it first happened with Wayne Mesmer the Canerco Grand Slam, the Montero Grand Slam. There's no buildup. It's just boom. There you are. On you're on you're on level ten. You know what you're I mean? You're at Mach like, one already. You're you're at Mach one, and there's nothing you could do about it. And that and that creates a really unique sound. It's like a slow motion sound. God, I can't come up with the right words to describe it, Steve. You right. know what Re- I mean? Yeah. You can relive that tonight. Game four begins at five o'clock of Cubs Giants tomorrow night, Sunday at five. The score will replay game one of Cubs Dodgers in the NLCS as we continue to present all 17 Cubs playoff games from 2016. 17 games, 17 days, and at noon tomorrow. 
Join Jeff Joniak for a quick pregame show before the Bears-Cardinals game in the desert. Yes. The Bears Ooh. are who we thought they were. That Bears-Cardinals game. Crown their asses game. Brian Urlacher's At 8 o'clock. Brian Urlacher's greatest performance. That's noon on the score tomorrow. Followed by Sunday at 5 will be the, the Cubs-Dodgers game one of the NLCS. Your historic Chicago moments brought to you by the score. And uh, Why we'll wasn't Dennis Green yelling at himself, by the way? It's funny, like, he didn't block Erlacher. He now, didn't right. If you block want to crown him, then crown her. <laughs> but they are who we thought they were. It was a horribly coached game. Horribly Thanks, coached coach. game. Yes. Yeah, anyway. Yes, it, yes, it was. Um, um, wait, did we the... Do I have this wrong? The the um, the Johnny the we don't want the game four. Did I have the wrong game that Montero hit the grand slam? A texture says Montero's home run is game one of L.A., not Giants game four. Did I completely? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Up? He's right. He's right. And I just let you do that. He's right. Oh my Shame God. Shame on me. Shame on you. That's oh, not that's something on me to look too. forward to on Sunday. Oh my we God. We all suck. That was a collective failure. We all failure. suck. Yeah, 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 really, it's really, you know what, actually it's Adam's fault, he's the producer, he's supposed to keep us no, all No, no, it's Saturday suckage and it's great, as we're replaying these games and, I have, and I'm completely <laughs> screwing up the most historic moments in Cubs history. Oh, oh, and, I, and it's not like I wasn't there or anything like that, so. <laughs> you suck! We it's suck like so you don't have to. every oh. second of the way, there and I just, I just let that happen. God, do we suck. We, it's why we exist. It's who we are. It's what we do. We will take a break because Lord knows you need us to. And when we come back, we'll talk with Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune, the New Wake of the News uh, columnist. He wrote about Ed Farmer, who passed away this week. And today, in online, you can read him talking about David Schuster, a staple of the Saturday Suckage show. So the timing's wonderful. We'll take a break and we'll, we suck so you don't have to. I think you just got a heavy dose of why. And uh, we'll see if we can overcome all this together. Rosenblum Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, no! We suck again! We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 